banks across geographies have been slow to catch up with technology. As we've spoken about several times now on the show, uh, customers, on the other hand, are exposed to new age, high quality services and are often left frustrated with the complex and poor customer service that they experience at some traditional banks. Our guest for this week's episode, Virendra Bist, interacted closely with banks um, throughout his career and was shocked to see the pace of technology adoption. So he started for looking for ways to disrupt the traditional approach. Virendra developed a fascination with computers and software during his mechanical engineering days. And after graduating, he continued to work at DCS at on some huge transformational technology projects with both large and small clients, um, as you usually do at a consulting firm. And along the way, he discovered that he enjoyed working with smaller teams and eventually transitioned to the startup world. The idea to disrupt banking came when he actually led the technology vertical at Make My Trip. That's where he was introduced to his co-founder, Vinay Bhagri, uh, in 2015. And the duo set about to build disruptive financial products under the name NEO. Uh, Virendra talks about his journey of building products that range from employee benefit solutions to full-fledged banking services uh, in order to get to his overarching goal of simplifying finance with technology. Uh, And stay tuned to the end um, to catch some amazing unfiltered advice. Thanks so much. Hey, Virinder, thanks a lot for doing this. Really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, pleasure having uh, speaking to both of you. And, you know, it's my pleasure to be with you today. So, Virinder, we love to start with early influences and early experiences that you've had um, right from, you know, when you grew up to college and work. Uh, could you talk us through that as well as if there were any entrepreneurial instances or events that happened which made you think that? Maybe, you know, starting your own company would be something down the road. Yeah, actually, I was, uh, as a kid, I was fairly prevailing. Uh, quite, uh, I would say, uh, even though I followed, uh, you know, uh, the traditional career options, but I was like, you know, uh, not, uh, you know, the typical run of the mill. Uh, I would, uh, one could say rebellious at times as well. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, um, deep down, I was not very sure what I will settle into. Um, my father influenced me to, uh, you know, take a course uh, in mechanical engineering, which is what I did in 96 and joined RIC Kurukshetra. Uh, but then second year into college, I grew fascination for computers uh, just because, you know, we had this uh, programming language called Fortran in college and uh, we were supposed to write some programs and, you know, it, it just caught my fascination. And then um, from there on, I spent more time at computer labs than in my mechanical engineering, you know, uh, workshops and mechanical engineering labs. Uh, that said, uh, you know, I think the next uh, rest uh, couple of years, uh, uh, fairly fast forward, um, it happened and I graduated out of RC Kulshetra. Now it is called NIT Kulshetra at the turn of the millennium. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, not to say the dot .com and dot .com burst had happened, but it was, you know, very, uh, it's a great time because a lot of what technology, um, which is shaping uh, today's uh, present, actually was uh, taking its seed around that time. Um, and uh, a lot of the uh, programming language, for example, Java was finding its feet at that time and everything. Uh, 
Uh, and I got a lucky break uh, in the sense that uh, uh, I joined TCS Mumbai. Uh, TCS Mumbai at this time uh, actually was executing large projects uh, for clients like GE, uh, wherein uh, you know, a lot of the transformational projects were actually getting done. So in that sense, I got a little bit lucky. So with GE, you know, um, I worked across three continents. I really saw firsthand how uh, you know a large executions are done. I was probably you know, in any typical projects, uh, you know, I would probably one of the thousand engineers working. Uh, so such was the scale of the projects. But then I saw the exactly other uh, other side of the spectrum. I was one of the three engineers working on the project, happened to be the lead also on that project. So I saw the full spectrum of, you know, what a small team could do, what a large team could do. And NG, you know, in those days were executing, you know, uh, large projects. Uh, and uh, uh, they had one thing in common, that all of them were big, all of them were audacious and transformational uh, in the business areas. Uh, mostly we were working in the areas of field force automation, but quite often we would run into, you know, uh, challenges or limitations of what was possible uh, with technology at that point in time. So things like HTML, things like network speed, things like processors and available memory at client side, uh, available, you know, memory. Uh, and again, you know, uh, obviously AWS and equivalent cloud computing was nowhere around. So there was, we used to operate in so much of limitations and yet we were able to create. Uh, and, uh, you know, the speed at which uh, changes were taking place, uh, that got me convinced that, you know, look, uh, uh, there is, uh, you know, what if there was no such limitations and we could execute projects, we could actually, you know, make things happen uh, so much faster, so much better. And it could, technology really was holding the promise of changing, you know, people's life in every, you know, sphere uh, and execution in that sense. So uh, that is how, uh, you know, my first few years actually went by. And then uh, in 2006, I came back to India. Uh, uh, during those first six years, it's also, I also grew, uh, you know, I, I realized that, you know, I wasn't fitting into large teams. Uh, probably a small team, a startup was probably where my, you know, uh, you know true colors uh, would shine through. Uh, with that thought, I came back to India, uh, you know, joined a startup. Uh, and then, uh, you know, again, then the journey, actually my journey with startups uh, uh, began in 2006. So there's a bunch of startups that I did, uh, you know, through, uh, you know, 2006 to 2010. And then I got a break with Make My Trip. Uh, at Make My Trip, uh, I was uh, first, uh, you know, was actually uh, responsible for leading the technology for their B2B vertical. But then B2C vertical is where Make My Trip was really all the action was happening. So quickly shifted into B2C side. Um, I also was part of the team which did the first BlackBerry app. And then uh, back in those days, we were basically seeing mobile was such a, you know, mobile is a form factor, was a, was a possible promise. But then, you know, nobody was you know, really believing in that. But then when the when you look at the background data uh, in the desktop numbers were, desktop sales were falling, you know, uh, data was about to get cheaper. Um, uh, and then we had uh, basically the first uh, iPhones actually coming around and first Android phones that are coming around. So we started basically said, okay, let's, let's actually start building some apps on that. So we started the apps in 2010, uh, actually early 2011. And then, you know, the next four years, you know, 30, 40% of the business actually was coming through, uh, uh, through, through the you know, mobile platforms. Such was a rapid pace of, you know, I would say transformation and changeover. I was also, you know, at Make My Trip, uh, I also, again, got lucky that I was introduced to the products uh, side of things, uh, you know, and then I led the product team for the payment gateways. Uh, so Make My Trip, uh, you know, uh, had um, at Make My Trip, we had all the relevant technology platforms and continue to till date. 
to basically you know uh, be play like a payment gateway to multiple lines of businesses we never you know uh, deal with external payment gateways uh, etc so that was uh, my time when i started interacting with the banks and i was like you know shocked shocked to the extent that you know how uh, you know banking system is such uh, i would say uh, the pace of adoption of tech was more or less forced and then uh, they had um, i really uh, felt that you know, there was no pressing need coming from the bank side uh, that uh, you know we need to innovate uh, and continue innovation because consumer trends are changing the way banks uh, consumers will consume banking is going to change so that was actually not moving at the desired pace and at, and and, in, and you know uh, when we look at a make my trip kind of setup uh, when we were all technology first company happened to be doing you know in travel agency business uh banking were not there you know they were all you know you know people who were you know maybe uh bankers first you know happened to be leveraging technology completely changes the perspective so we thought okay look uh, you know uh, if there is an opportunity that we can uh, that we can get uh, uh, in which i would like to you know come to banking disrupt banking and you know really you know make banking more simpler safer uh, for masses uh, i would really want to go for that opportunity so that opportunity you know came through in 2015 is uh, you know when i met when uh, uh, my current partner at neo uh, that meeting was facilitated by prime ventures uh, and then when uh, as um, is mostly been a, a, from the business side uh, i had ideas on the technology and the product side we decided to basically come together prime was uh, very kind enough to see our company and the journey with neo started around you know that phase so yeah quite a long winding journey 15 years it took me to realize that you know where what my true calling was uh, but i could see that you know uh, i would say early um, uh, evidence of what i would be doing back in 2002 2003 itself but yeah it's, it took me a long long while uh, you know to basically finally you know have the courage uh, to leap into uh, what i'm doing today with that it's a good segue into our topic for for this episode first of all I, you know do you think uh, new banks in india are trying to em- emulate models that worked in europe or 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 is it different and, and what are some of the, the key differences yeah if you, if if you look at a macro level uh, uh, you know uh, yes uh, it's a consumer trend uh, you know uh, consumers right across the uh, you know geographies uh, continents they have expressed their frustration with the uh, incumbent players so they are looking for uh, uh, and you know bear in mind that the same consumer experiences a completely different class of product and service in any other area right so for example in in uh, in today's uh, you know in india if you look at it you know the when the same customer basically looks at a make my trip app or zomato app and then looks at uh, let's say any other banks app where he finds actually trouble logging in uh, just trivial as simple as like checking the balance uh, then you know uh, that the person is frustrated so that is a basically the mood point and the case uh, you know uh, for the existing uh, existence uh, why this you know you know uh, thing needs to change now you know fintech companies happen to be basically you know doing that executing that today and uh, and that is actually happening right across the globe so what is happening is that you know if you look at uh, all the way from far east uh, like you know kakao in uh, south korea for example right and then you look at uh, span um, westwards you look at how it is hong- happening in hong kong and singapore uh, of course what is happening in india what is happening in russia what has happened you know on the western uh, the monsoons the revolutions and all the way to us uh, you know it is uh, the trend led by consumers uh, the the way consumer access and consume banking that is uh, what is changing 
right. So and so that's a trend that is basically you know all across the globe. And so that is from a trend perspective, one could say that it is the same thing that is that will play out in India. But of course, India is nuanced. It's nuanced in the sense that you know probably at an infrastructure layer, you know we are one of the most advanced uh, you know as a country. As far as you know, uh, any infrastructure layer products are concerned, we have the fastest interbank transfer. We have the you know at a consumer level, we have the, one of the best payment products. It was uh, you know the IMPs to begin with, and it was now UPI is there. Uh, we actually you know, were one of the first countries to adopt two FA back in 2010, uh, and uh, you know and then uh, from a consumer side, if you look look at the chip and pin. Uh, you know, and then you look at uh, now the way you know mandates are going. So we are in that sense, you know, from a infrastructure layer, uh, you know, we are far ahead of uh, anyone else out there. Right? But what is happening is that you know, uh, alone infrastructure layer, you know, things cannot change. What you need is a suitable access platform, uh, you know, a form factor uh, to you know really uh, give the complete advantage of what is possible uh, with the technology to the in the hand and put it in the hands of consumer. And this is where the role of our neo banks uh, and the fintech companies like us actually comes, uh, you know, uh, to play. Other key advantage differentiator from a uh, uh, from the way uh, uh, the role of a fintech or a neo bank in India versus the role of a, any other fintech or neo bank out in let's invest in Europe is that uh, you know um, they have uh, Western companies actually have managed uh, to figure out a license part of things. So they have a digital license. Uh, in some countries, and wherever there it is, there is there is not. They are very happy, you know, working with a partner bank. In India, we don't actually have a digital bank license. Uh, so what it means is that you know, for any product or service, the fintech players will uh, you know part, uh, partner with the uh, with the existing bank with the license, and then you know uh, the together uh, the both uh, the uh, the bank and the you know fintech will uh, work together on the product. And then that product is basically then you know uh, is marketed to the product you know and so on and so forth. So these are the I think said two two key differences. Uh, you know the, we have an infrastructure advantage, uh, but as yet we don't have a digital bank license. Uh, so you know the partners uh, will need to work with the you know the banks. That's interesting. I mean, so we have an advantage on the infrastructure side, but also a disadvantage on the regulatory framework side. Uh, when it comes to global perspective, yeah. but I would say uh, I wouldn't call it a disadvantage, but it's just that you know, yeah, of course, having a digital bank license would probably be that much easier. But I think you know what is happening is that uh, you know, uh, in India at least uh, now we have so many. Uh, the banks are also rising to the opportunity. Uh, you know, a fintech company like us can make uh, uh, any bank that works with us competitive. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, so when we work with the like of Equitas Bank, when we look, uh, work with the like of uh, you know, uh, SBM, what happens is that the products that we create out there, they are equal, equal and more competitive uh, than a product from any other bank out there. So in that sense, you know, uh, there are the the banks are now also you know, uh, I would say, uh, aware of this opportunity. And why would they? Or why should they actually you know partner with the fintech company? And then you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's a win-win for everyone. Oh, because that's one of the challenges, and actually one of the questions I had. You know, traditional banks kind of realizing that there's an opportunity. Uh, and you mentioned that there's this consumer layer that's essentially missing. Uh, do you think banks can also build that layer, or are they just not able to do that? Um, yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I would say. I think the start of a you know a, a great consumer layer is just a start. It's a table stakes, if you ask me. You know. 
but if I just look everything from a better mobile app, you know, I would uh, or anyone would, would basically be you know straight jacket in their thinking. Uh, see, look, what is happening is that uh, you know when you start working in the consumer uh, layer, right? You don't look uh, yourself as a vertical player, and over time, then you'd see, okay, how can we embed the banking or finance into whatever else the consumers are doing? So, to, and that is possible because you know uh, when as a fintech, you just in, want to innovate at the customers layer. You know, if uh, I were to say, look, uh, you know, just the basic, uh, you know, banking, like, you know, see the balance, see the transaction, transfer funds in and out, if that was the bank banking needs, you know, this is like barely scratching the surface. It's like 10% of what is possible and what should be done right. And so in that sense, it table stakes. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, when you, by looking at the, you know, customers, you know, uh, spend trends, if you can tell the customer that, look, you are going over budget, uh, you could help them navigate, uh, help them save uh, funds for a rainy day. Now, that is where I think a lot of innovation is still, uh, you know, uh, there to be done. And a lot of uh, new banks are actually, you know, are actually, you know, set up on that promise that uh, they will uh, help the, the customers to anchor themselves in the turbulent financial world, which is out there. So in that sense, you know, uh, which is consumer actually have been doing this, you know, more or less offline or by finding some other means. It's just that their banker was not the preferred uh, product for that, which is where I think some, uh, someone like Neo comes in. And uh, so so, so in the, it's just basically, uh, I would say that it's beyond basic banking is what uh, where vision, our vision is. That's really interesting. So, I mean, it's almost like a macro trend of changing cons consumer preferences made Neo banks relevant. And now new banks are starting to change consumer behavior as well. It's almost yeah. Like if you look, uh, for example, uh, we have been experimenting with this product called Invest the Change. Uh, it's in early uh, early beta now. Uh, some of the customers have started, you know, getting that product. Uh, and the product really is really that as you continue spending, uh, you know, from your debit card or UPI, basically use your bank account for your, you know, spending. Uh, we would basically keep collecting that change. And the change, let's say you had a coffee for 80 rupees, we'll collect around 20 rupees change and then invest it somewhere else. And also that's the idea. So the consumer feels that, yeah, this is good. You know, some somebody who takes a liking for such a product, then they start using your bank account more frequently than, you know, what they would. Right? So, and I mean, things like this is possible just because you are innovating and restricting yourself to innovation at the consumer space. No, I mean, that, to, to me, that's a really interesting. Uh, <laughs> personally, I feel like you can make a lot more money by saving more rather than making, you know, 1% extra on your, your investment. So yeah, yeah. I, I think changing behaviors is crucial and a big role, uh, you know, that new banks are, are playing. But I wanted to, to ask about your evolution uh, specifically. I believe you guys started off as a company for employee benefits yeah. uh, and then evolved to, to this product. So can you walk us through that journey, please? So when we started, uh, you know, um, in 2015, I recall that uh, Sanjay, Sanjay Swami from Prime, and I, uh, even before we started the company, we actually went to Yes Bank. Um, this was in October of 2015, where we pitched this idea uh, that uh, we want to do something, you know, uh, it was not the employee benefits idea. Uh, so we spoke about an idea working with the Yes Bank. Yes Bank was one of the progressive banks at that time. They still are, um, you know, and we thought they would probably be, you know, uh, the right people who will give us audience, understand, uh, you know, hear what we had in mind and hopefully will support us. They did support us. Uh, except that, you know, uh, the product that we had in mind, uh, you know, required some more uh, construct and this was not possible. So we ended up, ended up saying, uh, look, uh, we always wanted to work on with the employees side of things, uh, the salaried employees and eventually banking, but it was not possible at that time. So we said, okay, what's the best possible uh, surrogate, if you will, uh, to work with this, this customer segment. 
and that was the germination of and then we started looking at, you know effectively what was plan b uh, look at uh, you know the how the sodexos of the world were operating how you know the tax benefits were getting consumed by the employees in in, in corporates and we basically launched a digital version of that product that was the first product of you know uh, employee benefits uh, now when the demonetization happened uh, you know uh, then what happened is you know other, before actually i'll come to that uh, that point one of the other things that we were doing very differently we always had a platform approach of building things uh, you know we were always uh, you know of the view that look if we create platform capability the use cases can differ and uh, you know if we have a solid platform at the back we would uh, or an uh, if opportunity presents we should be able to create uh, a layer of application on top of it and address a completely different requirement uh, and then you know uh, we we almost got the timing uh, perfect uh, when demontation happened so at the time of demontation actually two things happened one thing that happened was that uh, you know uh, obviously the currency uh, went out of circulation overnight and uh, at the same time the employees who were uh, you know this blue collar segment who were actually getting their salaries mostly via cash uh the government uh, basically said look uh, you know you need to pay your employees salaries through digital medium so that their you know let's say employee provident fund employee state insurance uh, the health insurance part of it that could get coverage and these people could actually over time build a, a financial footprint so uh, just to expand that you know the banking uh, to the you know low uh, skill blue collar worker this government basically came up with that mandate now that that certainly created a lot of input demand for us uh people wanted to use our product just to remit salaries to their employees and you know we then quickly said okay look this is not what we are doing you know we are actually uh, quite happy executing the employee benefit side of it but just because you know we said okay uh, let's say, let's let's don't uh, let's say let's not say no nowhere uh let us actually you know uh, have a have this product out we will limit the demand and we would not serve more than you know a uh, few um, uh, few hundred employees or few hundred you know customers every month but then you know few hundred quickly became few thousands and before we know it we were like you know doing 5000 uh, new cards uh, a month uh, right and then uh, it was just basically going on every month we will develop uh, the numbers and uh, then one day you know what happened in one of the hackathons company hackathons that we create and that we have in, internally one of the employees um, who is now leading engineering for this vertical he showcased the app to us and said look anyways we are working on this blue collar segment and we are we don't have a right app for it uh, you know for the customer segment and this is so anti uh, what new stands for uh, we all talk about you know better uh, banking uh, which is very you know customized to the needs of the individual whereas you know uh, we are actually asking our customers the blue collar employees to use the app which is meant for a white collar employee Uh, so it is not done so he created basically an app uh, you know and showcased to us that probably this is a better way to do it and that app was called new bharat so eventually then we basically transformed and we created a full fledged business out of it so that business is called new new bharat business it's essentially the salary account uh, you know uh, backed with the open loop prepaid instrument for the blue collar workers it is a you know a, a, the app is called new bharat one could download it from the play store and uh, you know uh, start receiving salaries in the in this account uh, so uh, that was the second product that we did and then uh, uh, also the third product that we did actually was uh, again an offshoot of what we, what we were doing in uh, you know uh, on the employee benefits product it so happened that uh, you know uh, some of the cust- uh, corporate uh, employees uh, were who were using our employee benefits card they were traveling abroad 
and when they were traveling abroad they started using our instrument so our employee benefits card always had this feature that uh, you know typically in your meal card uh, you could receive basically about 2200 rupees from your employer every month which could be used in your canteen which is fine but people would use that money you know in the first 15 days 10 days on but they still need to eat food at the canteen so what they would do so people will uh, employees will basically park their own money in that account and then you know use that uh, right so that is how it will happen so uh, now uh, you know uh, um, uh, when some of the employees started using uh, the product uh, we started seeing that look uh, and then uh, they gave us a feedback he look uh, this card actually just works great i was the, to singapore and uh, i use your product it is so fast so seamless i can basically come back to the mobile app and see you know how much of money i have spent and uh, i can if i'm running out of cash i can immediately load money and you know it, it's a great uh, product uh you know and otherwise i would be using you know exchanging currency at the airport and stuff like that which is uh, which is not done so i thought okay look this is a great opportunity and anyways you know uh, outward travel from outbound travel from india beat the purpose of education beat the pur- uh, for the purpose of travel or business personal or tourism actually was you know uh, just uh, uh, going through so we thought okay maybe there is a opportunity for that so that created a you know opportunity for the global card business uh so that was the third uh, product if you will that we that we created and finally we 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 came to this uh, new x product uh, which is a more general banking uh, product uh, you know full fledged savings account product uh, in partnership with the uh, idfc uh, to first with first and then equitas and now sbm so these are the three banks we had you know uh, we have done the partnership so far so that is uh, how you know the long journey of uh, how we ended up creating uh, multiple products uh yeah, i would think um, as founders we were not very rigid about our thought process we thought okay let's have our eats and eyes to the ground and then and execute it and it's so a lot of you know uh, we we picked up signals and then you know uh, launched these products which we thought were relevant yeah. and quite lucky that you know two three products uh, out of the four products that we have created really have uh, caught uh, you know uh, attracted the you know the customer base on the market we had about 7000 companies that work with us uh, and till date we have about 2 million plus uh, accounts employee accounts we have done uh, there are about half a million users um, active on that account and uh, on the product at a given time new x which is which we launched earlier in this march uh, you know we have about 750000 uh, you know accounts on that side and uh, so these are the two flagship products that we have travel as you would imagine is right now very subdued but as and when it comes back and i think we have a great product at that so these are the you know um, so far the journey that we have been you know able to do amazing um thank you for sharing i think that's summed it up really well yeah so just wanted to ask the final question that we asked for our guests uh, what's one un- piece of unfiltered feedback that you received in your journey as an entrepreneur that's really stayed with you yeah okay so um i think uh, my uh, one uh, like one sentence advice would be that uh, uh, you know a lot of what is written out there in textbooks actually turns out to be true and uh, uh, so and all of us basically probably early in uh, in your careers read a lot of and people particularly who and who are thinking about you know delving into the world of entrepreneurship we go through this you know okay what is written out there what people experiences have been yet we all of that look at it you know from a point of view of okay uh, 
well, you know, this is there out in the books. So this is general gyan. I don't know how much of it is actually applicable and practical. So two, two, three things that actually, uh, you know, I also, uh, you know, had a different point of view, but then eventually realized that, you know, uh, if you have to scale out, if you have to build large companies and et cetera, you know, there are two, three things that you could do. So my, you know, uh, advice would be, you know, two, three things learn from other people experiences. Uh, mistakes could be fatal, fatal to the exist, uh, to the extent of survival and existence of your company. So therefore, you know, always, uh, you know, uh, um, look out uh, for advice, uh, you know, either from books or from, you know, material out there, either from, you know, well-wishers, your advisors. So, that, so that's one thing. Keep yourself well-informed at all times. So that's one. Two, I think, uh, one, uh, you know, uh, it would really help if you know what your strengths are. More importantly, you know, uh, what you also know what your weaknesses are. Uh, and then, you know, uh, when you are actually starting out, uh, you know, always, uh, you know, find a partner, a co-founder uh, who compliments you in this, you know, in, in, in those ways. Eventually, if both of you founders are actually, you know, uh, more or less, you know, 80% overlap, uh, it turns out that there will be a lot of, you know, uh, areas which will be blind spots to both of you. So in that sense, you know, between two, three founders and the founding team, we should try and cover as much as possible. Uh, so if one is uh, one is good with people, one is good at business, business contracting, uh, one is good in products, one is good in technology, one is gen good in general, you know, uh, you know with the, you know, the general, uh, the, the general business accounting and stuff like that, it will be basically a good mixture. So try to find complementary skills, uh, you know, amongst the startup, you know, uh, the founders. The founding team that should be uh, that should be really one of the advices out there other is that uh, to uh, my advice would be that you know experiment a lot because it turns out that when you scale out uh, you know the experiment uh, in the time of you know cost of doing experiments and ability to do experiments actually you know diminishes fairly fast so be always mindful of that uh, that uh, you know once you build out products always leave out scope for experimentation if you actually build products which allows uh, for, uh, let's say, a very trivial example, if you are creating your homepage and if you leave out a space for a banner and that banner can be customized from backend, it's a great actually asset to have uh, because then you can use that uh, uh, to experiment a lot. Uh, with the kind of banner, what is working, what is not working. So suddenly, you know, 25% of your homepage real estate is dynamic, which is a great thing to have. Uh, but if you have not thought about it, and then, you know, then you will end up basically releasing a new version of the app, a new, you know, new, new feature, et cetera, et cetera. So always be open because more often than not, what the original idea that you worked with, worked with actually will require, require a lot of revisions uh, before, you know, you finally arrive at what is scaling. So eventually, uh, so your job uh, as a founding team at times, is to find out the one idea that scales, uh, you know, in the shortest span of time, and that is a challenge. And uh, you, you you will not run out of funds. You will not run out run out of uh, you know ideas. You will run out definitely run out of times. So time is the one unit that you want to you know optimize on. That would be my advice uh, to the, the 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 founders out there. Understand. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, keep listening to our listeners. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you for having me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Founders Unfiltered. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Join us next week for another episode of AJVC Unfiltered, where we talk about our latest piece 